Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. Can I go on now? All right. <laughs> so we're going to go to Genesis 28, 3 and 4, and that should look familiar to you because it's on our vision banners behind me here. And when my wife and I, uh, we left Rock Church in 2012, uh, I was looking to minister somewhere, and uh, I was looking to be, I was, I was the number two guy, I was, uh, or three or four, it didn't matter. I just didn't want to be the number one guy. I didn't want to be the pastor. I didn't mind being the children's pastor, the associate pastor. I didn't mind traveling. I didn't mind, uh, you know, carrying somebody's uh, stuff, you know, or whatever the Lord had me to do. And uh, I didn't mind doing all that. I was good at it, and I enjoyed it, and I would have done that for the rest of my ministry. But uh, in 2012, the Lord began to speak to my wife and I about uh, planting a church, and I went to my pastor, and it took a year, a year of praying. We met every week over this same subject of us leaving and how we were going to leave and what we were going to do, and, and uh, we came up with a plan, and it worked. We left. We came out here to Deland. Nobody from Rock Church left. We didn't want a church split. We didn't want to take anybody with us. We, didn't, we knew that that's not what God wanted, so we had two families. One of them had been in the church for about three weeks, and uh, what the gentleman was very prophetic, and he came up to us. He goes, I don't know you very well, but the Lord's telling me that you guys are going to go plant a church somewhere. And, and I, was, I had to pull him aside because we were, you know, in the church, and people could listen in, and, and we kind of knew what was going on. But, and then we had another family that kind of came with us and left with us. So that was the only people that, that came to help us out here. So we started with about eight people in, uh, in this guy. He lived out here in Deland, and, and uh, his name was David. And we started in his living room, and then little by little, the Lord put us in a building, and then we ended up here, and that's a whole other story. But at the beginning of all that, I was, we were praying, and I'm, I'm like, Lord, you know, he's asking us to plant a church. And we had traveled around Florida, and we had gone to a few different places, and you know, we looked online. I went to the Rama website to see if there were, there were churches that needed senior pastors, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And the Lord said, no, you're going to start from scratch. I was like, well, I'm in my 40s. Why didn't you ask me to do this? When I was in my 20s, you know, I was like, this is not, not really what I want to do right now, but uh, now I want to do it because I'm right in his perfect will. But um, we, we were asking the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, give me a scripture. And he gave us this scripture in Genesis 28, 3 and 4, and it says, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly or a community of peoples. And give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit. Now, with my wife's a little bit of a Brazilian accent, Portuguese accent. She says, the land. So that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So I fought this. I was like, okay, Lord, I get it. I know we're going somewhere. But the land, there's a church on every corner in the land. 
There's churches, all kinds of churches everywhere. I said, I don't want to go out there. And so I argued a little bit. And we were on the beach here in, in Ponce Inlet. We were sitting there, and, and we were just praying and asking the Lord. It was in the middle of the week, so the beach was pretty empty. And we were just praying, and, and my phone rings. And I kind of already knew, but I didn't want to be the voice in my wife's ear. I wanted her to hear. So uh, the phone rings, and it's uh, Pastor Wade Trump. So uh, he calls me once in a while, or I call him. I, I just talked to him a couple weeks ago, and we'll just chat and talk about what's happening. You know, he's got a church in Jamestown, and, and uh, we've been talking about trying to get him to come here and minister. He's, he's, uh, he's definitely very prophetic. I consider him a prophet. He doesn't call himself that. But uh, every once in a while, I'll get a call from him. This has only happened like three times, and all three times there were major decisions that we were having to make in our lives. So I pick up the phone. And I said, Pastor Wade, and he goes, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> so I said, wait a minute, and I handed the phone to my wife. <laughs> so anyway, he prophesied, and, and we ended up putting him on speaker there on the beach, and he prophesied, and we both cried and, and really heard from the Lord, and he had no idea. He didn't know what was going on. He, he didn't know any of this, and uh, so it was definitely the Lord speaking to him, and he was our confirmation, and then we ended up at Faith Family Worship Center for four years. And then Pastor John and Jennifer asked us to take over here, and we merged the two churches, and we did that. So we're very excited about what God has done till now, but we're more excited about what God's about to do. Amen? Amen. So in this scripture here, you know, as you can see, community is a, is a major part of who we are. Uh, our, our main vision is that we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And we do that during our plantings class. So if you're new and, and you're looking to be part of our church... Um, there's a, a, a sign-up sheet out there, and once we get a few people on there, we go ahead and have, there's four planting classes and then a, a dinner that we do for newcomers, newcomers dinner, and we feed you and everything, so you might want to sign up anyway. But, um, and then the white church is, the, the scripture and the white church is part of our, our vision and what, why we have church and what we do here, and community is part of it. So in 2018, it was unity in the community as one. So we need each other. You know what happened during COVID? We think that it was the disease and, and there was something going around and people were dying. And, and all that did happen. If you close your eyes and say that's not really happening, you know, that's a little foolish. Uh, uh, did people use it for their benefit? Absolutely. Was there some things happening behind the scenes that we didn't know about? Absolutely. But there was something out there. And, uh, and because it was global, I believe that the enemy was completely part of what was happening. He used it to his benefit. And what did he do? He separated us. He quarantined us. He put us into homes. He left us alone. He separated us from other people long enough that when we got back together, we didn't want anything to do with anybody. Right? And if he could divide us, then he can conquer us. And the churches were full. We were standing room only when all this, we, we were packed out. We were about to, I was about to start another, we had a chair here once and bought most of the, about 100 of these chairs during a chair-a-thon, and, um, and it worked out. We, we ended up buying the chairs, and you guys gave towards that. But when we started back up, the first sun, we were only closed for three months, and then I finally just said, forget this, we're opening. And uh, I was tired of preaching to an empty room, and, and I told Gus, he had the camera, and I tell him, just keep nodding your head up and down like you're listening so that I feel better because I'm, I'm preaching into a camera, and there was nobody in the room for three months. It was very difficult. But anyway, we made it through, and we opened, and the place was packed again. I was like, awesome, we're back to where we started. And then the next week, we were down to like 50 people, and it took forever to grow back. But I think the Lord was, was, spoke to us that year, to my wife, about the remnant and how uh, he's using the, the, the remnant 
right, to clean up the mess. Remnant is a rag, right? It's a little piece of a rag. And, and the Lord spoke to us that God was using the remnant, those that were still left in the church, uh, to clean up the mess that was left behind. But, uh, but the Lord got us to here. Amen? Amen? And he wants us together in unity, not separated, not, uh, you know, uh, uh, staying at home and, and not being at church. We have to congregate. We'll get there in just a minute. But Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. Now, I understand he will make a helper comparable to him. I always say, God made man, and then he ran around a little bit and says, that guy needs help, and then he made woman, right? (laughs) So we needed help, and he knew it, and he made us uh, uh, from our rib. He made the woman, and thank God that he did. Um, You know, I always say that when he saw, he woke up from his little surgery, (laughs) he he looked and he said, whoa, man. But it it just means man with a womb. But... uh, Anyway, uh, thank God that he did make woman. It says, you know, in the Bi- I noticed this in the Bible. It says that when man finds a woman, he finds a good thing. It doesn't say it the other way around. <laughs> I'll have to talk to God about that when we get up there. But... <laughs> we have been hardwired by God to need someone. We need people in our lives that we can connect with. That's what our life groups are about, our, our uh, Wednesday night, our Sunday mornings, Right? We want to connect, not just with God, but with people. We need to get connected because life is better when we do life together, right? Being alone is not good. A lot of people are struggling in life because of lack of relationships. And I'm not just talking about, you know, sometimes it's like I'm lonely. I don't like being alone. You know, I need a man or I need a woman in my life. You know, just be careful with that because what we need is God, right? And then he takes care of the rest. And, and what we really need is just like the men are getting together uh, uh, in Pastor Curley's group and, and next month in, in uh, Mike's group, and they're going to be together. They're going to be just men that are going to hang out. They're going to talk. They're going to be able to share, right? They're going to be able to understand each other and, and share their own struggles. One of the greatest things, I, I took counseling in, in college, and um, uh, I, I didn't get uh, all the way. I didn't take my master's to get my license, but... Uh, I took pastoral studies and counseling after I went to Rama, And one of the things is uh, to let the person know that they're not alone. Because that's what the enemy does. You're the only one going through this. Everyone else around you, don't tell them anything because they're just going to judge you. Because they're not struggling with what you're struggling with. Those are all lies. Because we all struggle with something, right? We all struggle with something. Trying not to sneeze. <laughs> Thank you. I'm blessed. I haven't sneezed yet. One of the things that the enemy loves to do is to isolate us from others. When we're alone, we tend to think that there's something wrong with us, right? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. I don't know about you, but I want a good return. The same uh, 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 chapter there, Ecclesiastes 4, very familiar scripture. We use it in uh, 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 weddings, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. And we use that, you know, uh, a lot of times we'll have the, the husband and the wife, uh, uh, you know, braid a cord together, and there's one gold one or one red one representing God or Christ, and he's the one that binds them together. And, uh, but you know that it, that's not the only relationships that we have in our lives our spouses and and God. We have other relationships. And that's, I believe that that's why God, 
created the body of Christ so that we can come together. And we're going to do greater works together than we could ever do on our own. I've had people come and they visit. And uh, uh, one time, this was years ago, we had somebody come and they had been through Bible school and, and they were just really smart and knew a lot and probably a lot more than I do and, and came up to me and says, oh, I really enjoyed your service today. And I was like, awesome, we'll we see you again. He goes, oh, no, I don't believe in the church. Like, okay. I said, uh, no, no, yeah, I can have a relationship with God aside from the church. I said, no, you can't. He says, yes, I can. I said, no, you can't. He says, if you're going to love God, you have to love people, God's people. How are you going to do that if you're not hanging out with God's people, right? In the body of Christ, you're dismembered. That's why we take communion together, because we remember what he did, right? Because he gave himself for us that we would become one, right? We need each other. Matthew 18, 19 and 20 says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. Two, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in their midst. Two or three He is in our midst. Now, can you have your own time of prayer separate from everybody? Absolutely. Can you be intimate with the Lord on your own? Yes. But that's not the extent of of the relationship that he wants with us. You know, in the Old Testament, he called Israel his people. He had a relationship with a group of people. In the New Testament, because Jesus died on the cross and God gave him to live inside of us, he has a relationship with us individually. But when we come together, we become his people. You know, he always says, my people who are called by my name, my people. Uh, Those first two words for me just meant everything. God called you his people. (laughs) The creator of heaven and earth, the one who has no beginning and no end said, those are my people. My people. They belong to me. I don't know about you, but that's who I want to belong to. God moves in gathering of his people. We must gather for him. We want to see signs and wonders. We we all need to be in unity. We all need to be together. Geese fly in formation and draft each other. You ever seen geese in the big V4, right? And then the one in the front is the one getting all the draft. When, When that one gets tired, it goes back, right? And then the other one takes over. But do you know that the one that has taken the front always ends up back in the front? It doesn't get, like if you have 10 geese, he doesn't wait 10 times to get back up there. Once he's strong enough, he's the one that gets back in the front. He's their leader. But when he gets tired, one of them comes up front, and then he drafts on the back of the other one, and he takes the draft. The other day, uh, 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 I was watching something on, uh, uh, it wasn't just, it was the Animal Channel. So uh, they were showing the albatross. You ever seen that bird? It's massive. The guy was holding. I said, what is that? He was holding the wings out like this. When those uh, birds are born, they fly for six to ten years straight. They don't touch the ground. Look it up. Six to ten years. They don't touch the ground. They, they fly over the oceans, over bodies of water. They pick up their food from the water, and they just fly for six to ten years, catching that draft before they ever put their foot on the ground. It's amazing. Philippians. Chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. As one. This is the as one part. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 16. I'm going to read this in the message. 
And I, I, I read this scripture a lot when I'm teaching uh, the men, like in retreats and stuff, because I don't want to seem like the guy that knows it all. I'm just the instrument in God's hands. So what you're hearing is God's word, which is what's powerful. You know, we all want the Moses and the burning bush experience, but we are having that right now. We all want the cloud to come over our head, and we hear God's voice coming out of heaven. We want that. But he's speaking to us right now. Every time we read a scripture, every time we interpret a scripture, right, God is speaking to us. So I like reading this because it starts off with, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. But I am well on my way, reaching out for, well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning. He's talking about I. You heard him say I several times, and now he's saying God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's, let's, what's that? That's more than one, right? Let's keep focused on, the, on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. Now he's incorporating the us again. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Us, on the right track, together, in unity, going after the same things, with the same strength, with the same mind, with the same power. If any of you have anything else in mind, like if you're not with us, you're against us. If you're not uh, willing to go forward, now I'm not talking about new life, I'm talking about the church in general. You know, we talk about, I was talking this morning uh, to someone about people who have gone to other churches. And we're so happy for them that they connected because we are not the church. We're not the church. We're part of the church. We're part of that body. So if somebody goes and, and starts attending somewhere else, they didn't leave the church. They just went to attend somewhere else. And I'm okay with that. Sometimes it hurts a little. I'm, I'm human. But, you know, they go and they attend somewhere. When God gives you a vision and sets your eyes on the goal, that is when many distractions will come. This is when we start to try and figure out what God is doing. We want to question the pastor, the leaders, the elders. I don't see it that way. But as we become united and follow God's leading, we need to understand some basic things. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. It says, God is what? Faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no what? Divisions among you, that you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The same, that means that we could all judge each other as long as it's the same thing. No, no. That means that by the same, the same measure that you judge someone else, you too will be measured. You too will be judged. So if we're all the same, then everyone is welcome. Right? 
that doesn't mean that we agree with lifestyles. That doesn't mean that we accept things or tolerate things. That doesn't, those are things. I'm talking people. We need to separate those two things. Because things are different than people. Sins are different than people. You know, the minute that you're in a crowd of people or you're with other people and, and there's different lifestyles that they're living and they ask you what you do and you say you're a pastor or you say you're a Christian, right, they automatically mark us as haters. We hate them. And I don't. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because they're in another country and, and uh, they, they can't get me in trouble. But... My wife, uh, we, my wife and I went to Kali a few months ago to have her teeth done. Uh, Nellie went, and I think uh, Bonnie's all excited. So we found a really great dentist over there. And, you know, uh, what my wife needed done was like almost $60,000. And uh, he did the whole thing for just under 6000 included the hotel and transportation. All we had to do was get there. And out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, we flew out of there for like 200 bucks a piece round trip right into Kali. So it was, it was definitely worth it for her to get her teeth, and she's so excited. Her whole life, she's been waiting for that. But his hygienist is a, a gay man, and he's been married for about 10 years. So we were, naturally, we were going in every day, spending hours there, and I, you know, I, I can't sit there and have somebody in the same room with me and not talk to them, <laughs> right? And, and if I make them uncomfortable or if, if I see that they're trying to avoid me, they have to do that really hard to keep me from talking to them. But... Uh, because you either love me or, or you hate me, right? I'm either annoying or, or you just have a good time talking to me. So, but, so I kept talking to this guy, and you could tell, you know. So he had a, he had a wedding ring. I was, it was really cool looking. It was all braided together and everything. I was like, wow, that's a cool ring. He says, yeah. I says, you married? He says, yeah, for 10 years. And then he said in Spanish to the same gender. But he used this very technical word that I didn't understand. Now, I speak fluent Spanish, but sometimes people use words in you know, I don't know them all. So uh, he used this word, and I couldn't understand. I asked him again, and by the third time, he goes, I'm married to a man. <laughs> he got all upset with me. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand what you were saying, right? So uh, by then, he already knew that I was a pastor, and we were pastoring a church here, and they had to ask all those questions, and we had talked in there and, and all those things. And my, my wife had a, a little episode while she was in the chair, and, and I, I prayed over her right there in front of everybody, and, and she relaxed and, and got the, the procedures done and all that, and she was, you know, doing all So they kind of, they already experienced not just God, but they experienced us. Well, this guy uh, 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 started to kind of avoid me. So the next day we show up, and there's other things that need to get done, and, and he's kind of, so I went after him, and, and, uh, and I said, so how you doing today? And he goes, good. And and, uh, and I said, uh, I go, your teeth, he had, you know, all those guys have all their teeth. You know, he had perfect teeth. I said, your teeth look great. It's nice work in here, right? And then my dad was a dental technician. My grandfather, my dad's dad, was a dental technician. So I tried it for a couple of years, and then I went to college. But <laughs> I didn't want to do that at all. I became an electronics engineer for a while and then got into ministry. But um, my, since my dad was, that's kind of what he was. He was like... A technician, which in Colombia they do everything. They, they're the hygienists. They they make the uh, the dentures. They do all that stuff. So he does all of that. I was like, wow, man, you do all this stuff. He says they better take care of you around here because without you, you know. And then he kind of little by little he softened up, and and then we started talking. And then that day before I left, I said, come here, give me a hug. And he he looked at me, and I went and I gave him, you know, I gave him. I gave him a hug, and I said, we'll see you tomorrow, right? And he said, yeah. I said, you want me to bring you anything, some, some pastries or anything? He goes, no, no, we're going to have something for you guys. We had already brought them some chocolate and stuff like that. 
And uh, so the next day I showed up, and all of a sudden, he goes, you want coffee? I'll make you some coffee. And he made me coffee. And before the whole thing was over, I was able to, to tell him that, you know, God loved him and, uh, and that he cares for him. And, you know, and he got a little teary-eyed with me, and I got a little teary-eyed with him. And, and we left. And, uh, and then when we went, you know, I, I sent Nelly, and I said, please, give him a hug from us. Because, right, so we just loved on him. That didn't mean that I was okay with his lifestyle. That didn't mean that I put this on the back burner and said, this is not true for him. No, it's true for him, too. It's true for us, right? That didn't mean that. I just loved on him. God so loved the world, the world that he gave. His value is the same as ours, right? So we have to be in unity in, in, in the same, as it says, in the same mind and in the same judgment. All are welcome here. If you want to know the truth, I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth in love. Because faith worketh by love. That's what it says, right? Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 says, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort in love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one accord. Of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let his mind be in you, which was also in Christ. And you're going to see Christ's mind in a moment when we get to the end, and I read his prayer in John 17 and, and what it was all about. But we need to be in the same mind, in the same spirit. We need to be, you know, when, when we use the church as a, as a place where we can punch in and punch out. I'm good with God. That's No, no, no. I'm good with God the other six days. I hang out with you to celebrate what God did the other six days. I didn't come here to find God. I spent time with God, and then I bring him here so that we can enjoy him together. We got it backwards. We want to show up on Sunday for an hour, and I hope he doesn't preach too long because I got to get to the buffet before the Baptist do. And, you know, I, we don't do buffets anymore, right, because it's COVID, right, after COVID, no buffets. There's only one or two. Who does? Spencer, Spencer, huh? Cece. Spencer gets, gets kicked out of the buffet. I t- my hero. I took, I took Spencer and his wife to uh, a Brazilian rodizio, all-you-can-eat meat, and uh, just to love on them a little bit. And uh, I, I love the food there, and the, the buffet is incredible, everything I ate. But what I enjoyed the most was watching him eat for another 45 minutes after I was done. <laughs> that boy can put it down. The people, I'm, I'm telling you, I said, people are going to kick us out of here. You want to hear a quick story? I got a little time. I got a short message today, so I got a little time. So I, I had a, a friend of mine, um, we used to call him Bear. He was on a um, Christian Lama, Latin American Motorcycle Association. Did I get that right? Any bikers in the house? They do big toy drive and all that, but. Anyway, he, he worked for me down in Miami for a little while at Xerox, and I was his manager, and we used to hang out together. And every Wednesday, they had this buffet at a Chinese restaurant on 27th Avenue in Miami. 
and, uh, and me and Bear would go in there. And so about the third Wednesday that we show up, the, the guy comes to the door, and he opens the door, and there's a couple of steps. He goes, you eat here no more. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do anything. It's him. He can leave. Can I come in? You eat here no more. And we were like, oh, man, we've been kicked out of the Chinese buffet because of Bear. Bear was like 500 pounds. I mean, he was a big boy. And he would fill his plate like three or four times, you know. He saw us. He must have been in the window. It's Wednesday. These guys are coming. And he sent us on our way. But anyway, you like my, my little impression there? It had nothing to do with our message today, by the way. Why does the enemy want us so divided? Luke 14. You can tell my wife's not here. 14, 14 through 18 in the verse 23, all right? Luke 14, 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When that demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he has driven out demons. That makes no sense. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts, said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. That's not Abraham Lincoln's quote. He got it from the Bible. If Satan is divided against himself, how can this kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. Whoever is not, uh, whoever is not of me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Whoever's not part of my body, whoever's not with me, he's not saying with me like, He's not on the earth right now. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for both of us, right, for all of us. But he wants what's in me, in his body, his church. This is Jesus' body. We are the body of Christ, the church. If we're not in him, then we're not with him. And he says some pretty rough things every once in a while. He'll say, if you're not hot or cold and you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You'll come to me and say, hi, I'm the one that prophesied. I'm the one that healed the sick. I'm the one that preached the gospel. I'm the one, I never knew you. Oh, Lord, I don't want to hear those words. That's why it's more important to be in relationship with him. You know, when you separate yourself from the church, that's pride. It's all about you. It becomes all about you. Because I have a real, I, 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 Right? We end up separating ourselves, and then we're in trouble. That's how you get these, I almost used a different word there, these people out there that want to speak against Christianity in the church. That's not a ministry. You go to YouTube, you find these, my ministry is to uncover and cause uh, 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 people to be seen for who they really are, these pastors of these churches that are, that's not a ministry. That's not a ministry. Speak ill of the anointed one. Be careful there. Jesus directs his reprimand here to the devil and his kingdom as if he was talking directly to him and not to those who were accusing him. He went right past their thoughts and went right to their hearts. He says, this is the enemy that's causing this. A house divided shall not stand. They're murmuring about how Jesus was casting out demons, and Jesus immediately recognized the attempted division and corrected them. See, we need to be careful with our murmuring. 
It causes division. I heard someone say, did you know, I don't like the way Pastor Rick said this. I came to him for help, and he sent me to do. And one time, I was actually at Rock, and I got in trouble. I got called into Pastor Fred's office and everything. It was, it was really bad. But um, I'm just kidding. I've been called into his office, but it wasn't bad. Uh, somebody came for counseling, and they were struggling financially. And we had helped them. We had helped them pay their electric bill once or twice, and we had helped them with different things. So they were coming again, and, and I went to, to Pastor Fred first, and I said, hey, you know, they're, they're coming to talk to me. I think it's about this, and, you know, is what because he handled all that, and he has to make that decision. I said, what are we doing? And he went, hold on. And he went to Annette, his mother-in-law at the time, was running the, the books there, and he came back, and he goes, tell him he needs to tithe. And I said, that's the counseling I need to give him? He goes, that's exactly what you're going to tell him. I said, okay. So I went, I didn't say it like that, but I went back into the, the thing, and then the, the guy showed up for his uh, counseling session, and, and, I, and he told me what was going on, and sure enough, that's what it was. He needed some help, and that's okay. And, uh, you know, so we said, look, we've helped you before, but you're not tithing. You're not giving anything. Nothing. Not, nevertheless, tithing, you're just not giving anything. How do you expect to reap? That has nothing to do with the church and our finances. It has to do with you. It has to do with him. It says, you don't believe that God can provide for you because you're not willing to give. And you're asking God to provide for you, and you're praying for these breakthroughs that are not happening. Why not? You're not planting seed. You can't go out to an empty field and not plant any seed and go out there every day and go, why isn't anything growing? How come I don't have any corn or tomatoes? Or you got to put seed in the ground. Amen. you got to put seed in the ground. It, the Bible says, don't be a fool. That's how that scripture starts. Don't be a fool. A man will reap whatever he sows. Sow something good, you get something good, right? Well, anyway, after that, I, that's what I was saying. I looked it down, I had to see the word murmuring again. So he murmured and went and got me in trouble, and I got pulled in and everything. But sure enough, what happened was uh, he ended up getting a, a job and because uh, he was doing some work on the side and, and wasn't really getting paid well for it. But he ended up getting a job and started tithing. Started get, and, and, you know, he went... He ended up going past me up to Pastor Fred. You know how that goes. But he went to him, and he said, and Pastor Fred told him the same thing. He goes, tithe. Tithe in faith, and I guarantee that God's going to bless you. And he started tithing, and, uh, and he ended up not even within a year and a half. He had bought a house. They had new cars. He was taking care of his family, and they were no longer in need, and they were giving. They were helping others with their electric bill and, and bringing in whenever we needed food for things. They would bring it in. They became... Take, they went from takers to givers just by, right, by not dividing the church, by doing what the Word says. We need to be careful with our gossip. It causes division. I heard someone say, I'm only telling you this so you can pray for them. Oh, you guys heard that one before, right? I got a reaction there. I understand, right? I, oh, man, I don't like that. That's gossip. That ain't prayer. You pray for them. You pray for them. <laughs> Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. You know how many times I've talked to people, and they stop talking to me, and they're, they push me away, and then I go finally talk to them, and they say, oh, so-and-so told me this, and I figured, I said, you didn't come talk to me. 
You took what somebody else said and you ran with it. And you didn't come talk to me. That's happened in my ministry several times where I've lost opportunities to minister God's word or lost friendships in other countries because of something somebody said over something that they weren't even a part of. They just assumed. I'm not going to go there. Romans 16, 17. I urge you, brothers and sisters, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your ways, in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Now, you can have somebody in your life that builds you up or tears you down, right? I want somebody that builds me up. I don't want people tearing me down and giving me gossip and separating me from the church. (coughs) There's power in the one, right? Being as one. We're unstoppable. We're coming to an end here. We're unstoppable. We're unstoppable. If we could get together, you know, it says that that, uh, the people will know that we belong to Jesus if we love each other, if we become one. Why does the world not anything to do with the church and with Christianity and with 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 it? Why? Because we're so at each other. My denomination teaches this, and my denomination teaches that, and we don't believe in this. And you guys pray in tongues over there, and you guys clap your hands, and you guys, come on, it's ridiculous. The foundation is that Jesus Christ. The Son of God came from heaven, born of a virgin, died on a cross, resurrected three days later, left and sent the Holy Spirit to live in us that we may have power on earth through the church. That's it. All the other stuff is... So if we worship like this, or if we worship like this, or if we do this, or if we do this, or if we pray in tongues or don't pray in tongues, keep that to yourself. Just that's, that doesn't determine whether we're part of the, part of the uh, body or not. We've separated ourselves. We've segregated the church itself by color, by race, by denomination. We're a den- non-denominational church. Well, that makes us a denomination. Because everyone else who's not a denominational church becomes part of the non-denominational den- de- denomination. <laughs> Come on. We're the body of Christ. You know, when I, I first came to Rock Church, and they had the sign out front, and it said Rock Church, and, and uh, I asked somebody something, and I was like, how come, you know, we don't use the word the? And he goes, because we're not the church. We're just part of the church. And that's where I started picking up that message. I was 2002, 22 years ago. Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9. So now the whole world, the whole world had one language and a common speech. You guys know this, this story? As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. That was going to make it really strong because they were, they were planning on making it to heaven. Then they said, come, let us, us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Make a name for what? But the Lord came down to see the city and tower the people were building. He shows up 
I want to be found doing the right thing, not the wrong thing. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, which was Spanish, they have become... <laughs> Jesus was a Cuban. They... He fed 5,000 with a little boy's lunch. He went across an ocean in a little dinghy. Don't leave here thinking a pastor's preaching heresy. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. They have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Nothing. But what do they plan to do? Something for themselves. Come, let us go down and confuse their languages so they will not... Un us. Ooh, there's the Trinity again, huh? Will not, in the Old Testament, will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why they were called Babel, right? Them little CDs or whatever that you put in to, to learn a new language. Babel, because the, there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. They couldn't communicate because of their language, because they were so unified. But see, they unified themselves for themselves. But this says everything, because if you turn that back around and say, if we get together and become unified for him, we are unstoppable. So when he shows up and says, those people are in unity. They believe the same thing. They drink the same spiritual drink. They eat the same spiritual food. Look at them down there. They're one, and they're one for me. God moves in the midst of that. God causes things to happen. He can use that church. They were one with one purpose. They were making a name for themselves, not for God. So what does God think of unity in the church? In Psalms 120, 133, 133 says, How good and pleasant, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's head, down to the collars of his robe, uh, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows, there the Lord, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Where? There, where God's people live together in unity. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Make every effort to keep effort. That means it requires some work, doesn't it? We have to put up with each other sometimes. You know, you get along with those that are kind of of the same spirit, and we kind of get along, and, and those are easy. But there's some of us that are sandpaper to others, right? And, and sandpaper makes us smooth, so I need those people in my life too. I'm not saying who it is in here, so don't look. Don't, don't nudge your, your spouse and say, you're my sandpaper. That's not very romantic. Even though sometimes they can be, right? Or we can be. Let's say it that way. We can be. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Complain and bicker. and All you're doing is causing harm to the body of Christ. Beyond all these things, beyond, beyond, 
Beyond all these things. Do all these things. But beyond all these things, put on what? Love, which is the perfect bond of unity, the super glue of unity. Love. How are we going to become one? Love each other. How's the world going to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we are his disciples? By becoming one in love, by loving each other. What do we want to do? We want to, I, we, I had a conversation the other day. I said, we need to stop washing our sins with the sins of others. We want to hang out with those that are more sinful than we are so we can feel better about living inside our own sin. I'm not as bad as, right? I'm not, I don't do what, only the blood of Jesus can, can wash you of your sin. And if you find somebody in sin, it's love, love that covers a multitude of sin. It is the goodness of God that leads us to what? Repentance. You want somebody to change your life? Love on them. Tell them God loves them and wants, you know, we want to change our lives and then come to God. It's impossible. Thank God that he came into my life. If you would have seen me how I was, you would have said, there's no hope for that kid. I'm going to pray this prayer over you. This is Jesus' prayer. You know, we, we call Matthew uh, 6 the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. That's not the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching us how to pray. I call John 17 the Lord's Prayer. Because he prays. He prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And then he prays for the church. There's three prayers in that. In John 17, 20 through 23, I would like for you to stand as I pray this prayer over you. For it is still as powerful today as the day that Jesus prayed it over the church. It's as powerful today as when the words came out of his mouth and they scribed it onto a piece of paper. 20. My prayer is not for them all, alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's your gospel right there, man. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. He gave us the glory, the power, the ability to be one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world would know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow. Talk about a prayer. Lord, that is our prayer here today, that we would become one in you, that your glory would cause us to be bonded together in love, that the world would know. That's our heart, Lord, the lost, that the world would know that the harvest would be plentiful because of the love that we have for each other. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for that unity, not just here at, U at New Life, but all the churches in our community, Father. Do something with us and in us and through us, Father. It's the only way we're going to reach the harvest and the losses to become one. I pray for that spirit of unity.
to be upon us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. John Wesley said this. I want the whole Christ for my Savior. I want the whole Bible for my book. I want the whole church for my fellowship and the whole world for my mission field. That causes us to think outside these four walls. You know, we pray on Sunday for the United States, but I always feel uncomfortable to stay there. God's not an American. He's a God of the world. He created the world. There's people in the world that, that he's after them as much as us. There's people in the world that he's blessing. There's people in the world that he's keeping an eye on. There's people in the world that need to hear the gospel. Sometimes it, it affects me to pray that the Lord would provide for certain things when we're one of the richest people in the world. 85% of the world is poorer than the, some of the poorest people here in the U.S. So you don't get outside of that and go to other countries and cross borders and see places. You'll never know. And God is as much in those people as he is in us. We need to learn to look outside. Because God wants to unify the world. He wants to unify his people. Imagine. The devil has come up with his own plan. He's copying what God's doing. One world government. They've been shooting for this for how long? Government? No. One world church. Right? That follows Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, declares Him as King and Lord of their lives. Part of the body. Understanding that it's part of the Trinity of God. Born of a virgin. Come on, we got so many things in common. One of my spiritual friends, I call him spiritual because we only really talk once in a blue moon, but it's always about spiritual things. And I won't say his name, but uh, he's part of the Episcopal Church. They've said some things and done some things that were like, what? You don't think we've done some things? Nobody's perfect. But this man is part of that Episcopal Church, and he knows God because I've prayed with him and spent time with him. And he knows the Lord, and he feels like the Lord has plugged him into there, that place, so that he could be an example and a representation of the true gospel of God. I love that man. He's going to be in heaven one day. He won't have to wear that gown and that cross anymore. He's so excited. He sewed a, a I'll say, he sewed a pocket. You know, they don't have pockets. They wear those black. He sewed a pocket because the cross they make him carry was heavy and it was bothering his neck. So he can put the cross in the pocket so it doesn't weigh down his neck. He's different for sure. But I want what John Wesley said. You know, the Wesleyan church today and the Methodists and what we've created out of church is not what these men came here for. I want the whole Christ for my Savior, the whole Bible for my book. That leaves you just one Christ, one book, one church, and one world. It's a good way to put it. But we have to become one. Amen?
Lord, I just pray, Father, for... Pray, Lord. In the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that name above all names, I come against any division. I come against murmuring. I come against anything that's been spoken against the church or against us personally, Father. I nullify those words right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we put our eyes on you and not on man, and we declare that we are part of the body, of the body, Lord. I thank you, Father, that as we love each other, that the harvest would be great. Thank you for growing, not swelling the church. When we move from one church to the other, we're just swelling one church and the other. Lord, the the church grows when the lost get saved. Bring the lost, Lord, that we could love on them in the same way that we love on each other. Thank you that you're rebuilding the foundation. We're going back for more in 24. We're rebuilding the foundation of the word that's been spoken in this house. And today we declare that we are going to go forward as one. Everybody say as one. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody in the room that says, you know, I understand all that, but I'm not part of the church. I'm just visiting here today. Well, God loves you just like you are. He wants you just like you are. If you want to receive him and and, and begin your salvation walk with God today, just wave your hand at me. I know it's a little dark, but I'll try and just wave your hand at me so I can I can see. I see I see two hands. Anybody else? ask uh, Elder Barb to come up front and Kathy, is Kathy here? Would you come up front? Would you ladies come up? These ladies are going to pray with you. It, it is ladies, right? I, I saw her in the back. I saw another hand right here. Did I see your hand? Come on. We're not going to embarrass you. We're family. So we're going to pray together and these ladies are going to pray with you so they can help you, okay? But you need to repeat. It says that what, uh, you're Confess with your mouth what's in your heart, okay? So these words, you're going to say them with me, and then these ladies are going to pray with you afterwards, okay? These are our elders here in the church. All right, so all together, let's help them out. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sins. I begin my relationship here today. I will follow you the rest of the days of my life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for unity in the church. If you wouldn't mind as you leave, if you can do it quietly so they can minister to these ladies. I love you. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.